you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Look, I have a beautiful five pages of notes. They're beautiful. Except you hate my blocky text. I hate your blocky text. I don't know how you don't get lost. No, either. I think I do. I I think think the answer is that I do. I think my brain operates in bullet points. It was weird. I was in my YouTube theory class yesterday, and we were just talking about what it's like being famous on YouTube because we watched like a, a Hank Green vlog brothers video and I was mm-hmm. like it's weird because to me th- this is like the most famous man in the whole wide world but he's just not I care so much more about what Hank Green thinks or even like Drew Gooden to me is more famous than Kim Kardashian <laughs> you know and that's not I mean they're like all equally famous to me <laughs> Like, Kristen Chenoweth, I'm like, is an That's, A-lister. I just thought of a funny, uh, um, like, segment. It could be called, That's a Celebrity to Me. And it's mm. people who we think are celebrities that no one else does. It's true. Like, um, all of BYU, not all of, a good portion of BYU, the contestants of uh, the Provo Bachelor. Oh, yeah. That's a celebrity to me. Provo's most eligible. Remington, he's a celebrity. He He's super not, but he is, you know? Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. Anyway, it's been a long Fame. time, guys. It has been a long time. It's been a wicked long time. It's like time. I want to record more, but I also know that I can't, mm-hmm. we, which is a sad spot to be in. We have self-imposed once a month, and I think once a month gives us not only breathing room, but also room for our episodes to be good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> don't start that episode like that. Oh, no. This oh. one is... It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I don't remember. I just don't think it's going to be significantly better than any other episode <laughs> we've ever released. But we, we've had some that we had to throw away. And I don't, I think That's with true. once a month, we might not have to throw away as many because all of those were born out of unbelievable stress. Panic. <laughs> just sheer But at least we made panic. something because you know there's the old adages where you, like, not everything you make is going to be good. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we were just experiencing that and it sucked because everything we made growing up was like... Was good. Uh, yeah, was <laughs> because we recommended and yeah, because teachers liked us. Hashtag gifted kid burnout. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's been a long time. How's school going? Busy. My advisor has COVID, so that sucks. Yeah, that super sucks. Yeah. I haven't gotten it yet. It's only a matter of time, right? We're waiting. And it's possible I'm just asymptomatic because I know I've been like exposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wear got my masks mask. that are slightly more effective. <laughs> I got the black ones. I got the black ones. I got the black ones. And I've, this whole pandemic, this whole pandemic, I've been like, all the cool girls have black masks. <laughs> now you're one of them? Yeah. Well, I, they were always out of stock. Oh, really? And That's so now why. I have them. It's like in, in high school when I hyper fixated on um, Conkins for a long time. I was like, all the cool girls have those. And then all I the finally cool girls got have one. Conkins. And then it was, well, everyone, like, I sometimes I'll notice patterns mm-hmm. very quickly. And then it leads me to being, like, very focused and hyper-fixated yeah. on a specific product that I think would make me look cooler. Oh. But now I'm at the age where having things that are supposed to make you cooler actually makes you less cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. I've hit that. <laughs> I think... I don't know what this says about me. But for, like, a solid, like... I mean, I pr- it probably just says that I have OCD for, like four or five years when I was in elementary school, middle school, I, like, 
I always looked at the shoes that people were wearing. Okay, no, I I'm memorized I memorized yes. everybody's shoes, and I felt like I could tell a lot about a person by person shoes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when it stopped because I don't do it as obsessively anymore. But it used to be a thing where like I'd look at somebody's shoes before their face. I always, I'm always looking at shoes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I... they're weirdly size inclusive shoes <laughs> compared good. to other clothes. Shoes. And I've I gotten like a bunch of compliments on these boots, which like surprises me because I get self-conscious <gasps> about them. We're boot friends. We're boot friends. Hey, look, our, but like our our wear boots in the winter. No, they're not. Our, our boots, boots are touching. Our boots are touching. This is OnlyFans content. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> these boots were made for walking. The other day when I was riding the Wait, airplane... we should start an OnlyFans, but just release our podcast on there. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't have a Patreon. We have an Check out our OnlyFans. Because only fans uh will ban nude media i, I think guess. that they went back on that they did yeah, it's hysterical it's so funny they were trying to be another youtube but you're only fans you, you can't, can't do that there's already paid youtube subscriptions mm-hmm. we don't need another yeah yeah it's pretty dumb. and twitch i don't get but, it but um the other day i was on an airplane and i watched <laughs> cruella which is not a good movie, but it did have these uh, like a scene where set to these boots were made for walking. Oh, that's and good. then just completely independently, like the next movie that I decided to watch was Dora and the Lost City of Gold, which had a like a Spanish rendition <laughs> of these boots were made for walking. And I was like, is this just in every single movie? You should watch. We should watch Shrek. And then we watched Ocean's Eight and the movie. So oh, it's really wow. just girl power movies. <laughs> I, it's it's the, really just girl power it's movies. It's the anthem of I have shoes and they make me feel powerful. Uh, of like I am a woman shoe who power. feels powerful. Hashtag shoe power. Sure. It's like solar power. It's the new thing. Um, Invest. It's like you put little engines in your shoes. Then when you walk it like generates power. That's something. That That's a character from My Hero Academia. Um, we need to. We need to. Do something for an intro. Yes, and then I also to. I don't remember what we're talking what about. What we're talking about. So I don't know how much help I am. Maybe you can guide the conversation. I thought that I was dropping hints because I was talking about movies, but I think that might just be who I am as a person. You always talk. You told me the boot story earlier this like month. I. Oh, about these boots were made for walking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I thought that it... I, I mean, maybe it it's not my, good. I thought it was for their benefit, not my benefit. Well, I also just... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I remember! Okay. <laughs> I bet you that peaked the mic like crazy. Um, I'm going to start with an anecdote. <laughs> Please do. Have you seen Spider-Man? The new one? Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Uh-huh. We've talked. Sitting through the credits sucked because it was so long. So my question to you, Becca, is why were the credits so long? The credits were long because it takes a lot of people to make a movie. Is everyone who works on a movie credited? No. Can you be more specific? Yes. Welcome to Be More Specific, where an entomologist, me, and a film student, me, walk into a podcast and walk out with a question answered. I'm Becca. And I'm Tegan. Wow, that was so hard. It's weird when I'm just kind of general, like it's not a specific question. This happens to me every, every single time. time. I, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. What's a mime? Um, <laughs> so, I'm a, I, I researched that I'm episode. a mime. I love mimes. Yo, I... I was watching... Oh, last night I watched Tootsie. Oh, good. Yes. Which is 1982 Dustin Hoffman movie. 
which is a good movie. I don't like most 80s movies, but, like, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, there's, like, a scene where he's, like, walking angrily through the park, and there's a mime. And I got, like, so weirdly excited just to see mime <laughs> representation. I was like, this is... What? I don't know the last time I've seen a mime in a movie. This is amazing. <laughs> Think of all the little mimes. you got to see a big mime. Yeah. You know, I feel that way whenever a bug comes on screen. Yeah. I'll be like, yo, and then I identify it and no one cares. I mean, I saw I saw Dune in the theater with you and I swear when that little when he's like looking at the beetle on his finger, like you you know desert turns to you, but I swear the rest of us were like <gasps> just like no. head turn robotically towards yes, Tegan no. to see your reaction. And I was like, Yep, that's a darkling beetle. <laughs> they are found in deserts. Cool. Anyway, Dune's they- a good movie massive credits oh my gosh those credits were so long and i remember us all sitting there and just being like <gasps> well no you sped out like immediately oh because i had to pee <laughs> <laughs> um but i like I, <laughs> I also desperately had to pee we might have all left during the credits i normally try to stick around but i don't when i'm in groups normally yeah unless there's like a post-credit scene which we will also get into we sat for all of green knight credits that's true in rapture old too there are some movies where the credits are helpful, so you can just, like, sit with what you just watched for, like, 10 mm-hmm. to 15 minutes. And Ideally then, shorter. <laughs> and then Marvel is like, okay, we know you're going to talk during this, but there is something after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The wildest thing to me is when people leave before the end credits of a Marvel movie, and I'm like, we all know. I saw people leaving during Spider-Man. No, people did in my in my I don't theater. get it. I, I don't, don't get, get it. it. Except wasn't the ending of Spider-Man just a trailer for Doctor Strange? No, there's two. Well, yeah, there's, there's a fir- but they left at the beginning, like the colorful credits. Oh, that's credits. crazy! Because there were people who left after the little Tom Hardy scene, which is fine, because then it's just because then it's just a trailer for Doctor Strange too, yeah. which I am kind of hyped for. Not gonna lie. Yeah. See, I can be populist. I don't just watch Tootsie. Tootsie, <laughs> <laughs> which got like so many Oscar nominations. I don't know. I could talk about Tootsie forever. <laughs> I read the Wikipedia page for it. Don't start me <laughs> on Tootsie. Tootsie is a tight screenplay. <laughs> it is a tight screenplay. <laughs> it's Bill Murray plays just a regular guy in it. Mm-hmm. Revolutionary. Doesn't is Bill Murray in Osmosis Jones? Probably. Yes, he's the one who gets sick. He Ugh, doesn't play a regular disgusting. guy. In Osmosis no, he rarely plays a regular he plays guy. A, That's what I'm stinky, saying. Stinky, stinky, gross man who's who. You can see the stink lines coming off of oh, him. It's, he's so. Can gross. we do an episode on Osmosis Jones and the immune system? Yeah. Yo, you research Osmosis Jones. I research the immune system. We love Osmosis Jones in this house. <laughs> I just, it's I so weird. Us. We were college students. We just, like, eat dinner with our friends, and we're like, you know what? <laughs> we need to watch well, right now. I was like, you you remember Osmosis Jones, yes? And everyone was like, yes. And I was like, it is crazier than you remember. <laughs> and it's like, well, we were kids, so it probably isn't that bad. And it's like, no. It is insane that I can't believe and that movie was made. it's, like, weirdly sexual. The yeah. movie was made for no one. It's so, okay, that's enough osmosis. (laughs) It's fine. It's convenient because we can talk about as many movies as we want, and it will technically relate to my topic today. (laughs) Within the guise of the topic. Um, But as I am wont to do, Mm -hmm. I think I want to introduce a little history of the movie credit. I like like your history segments. You like the history segments? Okay. And that's all that matters. That's true. This is for us. Oh, 
think how excited our fans are going to be when they see another episode pop up. <laughs> think how excited our little sisters will be. <laughs> yeah. True. Okay. And they are... Ooh, rewind. Ah! <laughs> In the early years of the film industry, movies would only display titles at the beginning. Mm-hmm. As people... Oh, I mean, I guess I could linger on that for a second. Oh, <laughs> you mean like the thing where in the the credits were at the top, right? Well, like before a movie, and any movie before like the 70s, really, it will would have like the main actors maybe at the beginning of the movie and maybe like the composer and the director. Mm-hmm. And there'd be a song and normally it would be like credits playing over like... Scenes of France. Yes. I've yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a stage and that was coach it. goes by. There were no yeah. end credits. Nobody else was really credited. I have a question. Please. So do we know who worked on those movies or because those weren't included, is that lost? A lot of it is lost. That's so sad. But the studios um, who existed then are largely the same studios that exist today, so oh, they do so they have, have records. Like, payrolls and stuff. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But, I mean, who, who cares? Like, uh, as in... Well, I mean, like... If it's, it, it's not worth the investment for studios to go back and, like, oh, return credit. There was, are film archivists who do stuff like that, yeah, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I'm sure there's someone who wrote their dis- dissertation on, like, lighting in movies and a particular mm-hmm. thing, and I could see yeah. it being helpful. The information trip. is somewhere, yeah. other than places where, like, fires happen, because celluloid uh, is extremely flammable, but... I have seen... What's the movie where celluloid, like, causes the whole theater to burn down? I don't know. And there's, like, a little... Italian boy? Uh, Cinema Paradiso? <laughs> I haven't actually seen that movie. Yeah. But it's probably cute. Did Is you watch a- it in French and Italian cinema? He recommended it, but we didn't have to. I chose to. Wow. You're, I mean, that's why I watched Tootsie. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman is the greatest actor of his generation. Is Cinema Paradiso, is that referencing, like, Dante's Inferno, do you think? And, uh, just because it says Paradiso in it? I don't know. I, feel I don't, like I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. No. In the beginning, if movies had titles at all, they would be opening credits. Gotcha. Then, as people started going to the movies regularly, they started to recognize some of the actors in the film they watched in the films they watched, mm-hmm. and they became fans of those artists. Mm. So movies would start with a short list of actors' names. I mean, that, I mean, that's what we talked about. Like it was at the beginning, it was no credits at all. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe like director, but or a title card. Yeah, but then a couple years into it, people started uh, being into the idea of like going to see certain actors and things, mm-hmm. and that's when opening credits were more popularized. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until the 1970s that end credits became a common practice. This resulted from the newly sta- n- from the newly established auteur theory, which is the belief that a director is the primary creative voice behind a movie. Hmm. Um, so end credits would have like the director in it, mm-hmm. and then probably like the producer and maybe mm-hmm. like production designer, composer, and we call those jobs above the line jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a line. Yeah, it's kind of a stupidly invisible one. No, there's rarely a line. But the jobs that are normally above the line that appear in, like... Because even in end credits, I'm sure you've noticed, there's main credits where they'll show, like, maybe a picture of the actor. Oh, yes. There there might be, like, a picture of the actor or a rendition of the character they play with their name on it. Picture Mm -hmm. credits that are, like, fun and colorful. Mm -hmm. And after those is when the post-credits scene is. And then Mm -hmm. after that, you get to one column, and then it goes to two columns, and then it's three columns of just people who have worked on VFX. Yeah, you've got it. You've got it. (laughs) You've got it down pat. So normally, in, like, those, uh, those first, like, 
credits where everybody gets their own slide. Mm-hmm. There's director, writers, mm-hmm. producer, executive producer, and there is a difference between those things. Normally, executive producer um, is the one who like provides funding or finds funding, oh. and they often do have like a creative voice because they have funding. <laughs> um, they have the money, which means they get the power. So, uh, so do they represent the money's desire, like if it's coming from someone else? Or is it usually their own money? Yeah, so it it depends. Um, Kevin Feige is, like, the most famous executive producer I can think of, mm-hmm. who he's produced, like, all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh. And he ultimately answers to Disney, but, like, mm. he's been so successful with the voice that he has put in the movies that he basically has complete free reign now. Oh, cool. Yeah, but he did kind of work up. Mm-hmm. Um then there are also, there might be executive producers who are, like, literally just funding and no creative voice, who what, are wait, who trust the director. I've never heard of this Kevin whatever dude. Kevin Feige? Yeah, I've never heard of him. You've never heard of Kevin Feige. That's insane, That's Tegan. a celebrity to you. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Everybody who watches Marvel movies knows who Kevin Feige is. I sincerely doubt that. I, I, I. It's unfathomable to me that you don't know who Kevin Feige is. Okay, folks. Okay, this folks. This is another one of those. Settle it. Podcast. Do you know any of the directors of any Marvel movies? Is Kevin Feige the director? No. Exactly. But do you know any directors? No. I know What's-His-Face, the one who makes the... In Transformers. Michael Bay. I know Michael Bay. That is not a Marvel director. But is action. <laughs> I forget sometimes. This is the... I, I represent the common man. I appreciate that. Anyway, so I'm glad that I explained the difference between executive producer and producer. Is this Kevin dude? Yeah. Is he like a fanboy who just pays for what movie he wants next? He doesn't pay for it. Disney pays for it. But he's oh. in charge of it. He's like... he's He is... He's like a company man. Got it. He represents Disney's interests. He's he's in a political cartoon. He's he's the man with big shoulders and a big suit who says, this is what the mouse wants. Sort of, except he's also good at his job creatively. So he's holding a cigar. Always. That's what he, He's always wearing a baseball do. cap and Wait, normally really? like a superhero t-shirt. I'm Googling him He right looks now. just like a random guy, Tegan, but... Would you recognize him? But he is like he's like the godfather of Marvel movies. Kevin, what's his last name? F E I G E. Yo, there's a lot of Kevins. If we have a party, it should be dressed like a Kevin. Are you ready for this? Uh huh. Kevin Hart, Kevin Costner, Kevin Ollie, Kevin Durant, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Spacey. There's so many Kevins. Yeah, you're right. I also forgot the last name. (laughs) Feige. F E I G E. Feige. He's the president of Marvel Studios. Yeah. Oh, he does just look like a guy, doesn't he? Yeah. He's just a guy. Who really loves Marvel movies. He, he, like, was super into the comics, and then I think he might have worked up as, like, a regular producer and then became... and like President. And the role of a producer can be... It's extremely variant. <laughs> uh, they might be very hands-on in securing funding, in casting, in, like... There's a lot of organizing and paperwork. It depends on how big the film is, too. A lot of the time, there's multiple, like, assistant producers. Uh, normally on, like, big budget, there's, like, a lot of assistant producers. It's rumored he's helping with a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just a big old nerd. That's really interesting. And he did X-Men, too. Sorry. I was... Yeah. I was trying to... He just looks like a guy. I'm like, so surprised you've never heard of him. I'm so surprised. My jaw's on the floor, and everybody's going to be like, Becca, why are you dwelling on this so much? That's such a weird thing. (laughs) 
But I don't know. You were on Tumblr. I feel like even on Tumblr they talk about Kevin Feige. I wasn't on Marvel, Marvel Tumblr. Tumblr. Fair enough. So, anyway, there's producer, executive producer. Those mm-hmm. are in the credits. And, I mean, feel... <sighs> the role of a producer is complicated. Mm-hmm. I've taken multiple producing classes, and I'm still like, I don't know. It depends. Mm-hmm. That's, like, a lot of the responsibilities of these things. It's kind of, I don't Do know. Do you think when a movie... I guess I, student films at BYU. Yeah. When you start working on a movie, does everyone sit down and go, okay, whose job is who? So you're not stepping on other people's toes? So, like, how much does that happen in like the professional world where someone's like, "Oh, I want this." In and the professional like, world, there job. are unions that literally define everybody's job to oh. the letter, to the extent where, like, if you're a set dresser and then and you like feel the feel like you need to move a light out of the way of something, mm-hmm. that that is grip and electrics job. If you touch that, you'll get fired. Because number one, if they don't like. If they don't know where it is, then that could be a problem, mm-hmm. and that would mess with like their responsibility well, I feel for like things. The workflow is so much yeah, tighter. The workflow is have. so super tight on sets. And uh, number two, you're stealing their labor if you move anything <gasps> that belongs to them. Wow. So, it, it, especially below the line stuff is extremely like ex- uh, defined, mm. and like you might have like a lot of responsibilities within your role, but it's like very much you get directions from the person above you. Gotcha. Uh, But as far as, like, the main stuff goes, like, certain directors like to be especially involved in certain things. Mm -hmm. And, like, producer, you'll you'll get a producer credit if you contribute money to it. So, like... So it's less. Yeah, so that's kind of just where you get sat. (laughs) Producer, I feel like, is the most variant job. So a director could move a light. Shouldn't. But they do. Super shouldn't. Super shouldn't. But they have. They have they do yeah <laughs> on on sets that i've worked on at least and those are extremely small but like a director will move a light and most professional directors and that's something that directors need to learn is to not touch no. anybody else they'll they should like yell Ask. out like grip move this thing mm. it's very it's very totalitarian that's really interesting mm-hmm. reminds me of marching band actually mm-hmm. with order of command yeah. yeah so there's definitely an order of command Structure. What's it called? Command hierarchy? Command heart hierarchy? It's a triangle. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, all film is an MLM. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a triangle, Tegan. Don't don't interrogate that. No, I think you might be right. Like ideas. Well, because I think leadership most ideas you know? are triangles. Leadership. Well, ideas usually start with either broad to narrow or narrow to broad, so mm-hmm. yeah, triangles. Uh, if you're writing well. So other people who will be in the above the line section, the lead cast, mm-hmm. the supporting cast normally has like more than a couple of lines. How do you delineate? That's Is it a, number of lines? Uh, sometimes. Or it's a guild time? thing. Okay. It's a contract thing. Credits are a contract thing. Mm-hmm. Your agent fights for you to get a certain credit. Interesting. Um, director of photography or cinematographer mm-hmm. is uh, above the line. Production designer. Editor. Mm-hmm. Associate producers. What? Yeah. They're just making up things. Yeah. Producers, I'm still like, I don't even know. Uh, music composer and casting director. Those are the mm-hmm. main ones. I feel like most of these are pretty self-explanatory other mm-hmm. than associate producers. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anything <laughs> with the word producer, apparently. I don't know what it is. I don't even really know what it is. And I'm like, I, I like almost don't want to say that because I should know what it is. 
I think it might outline. And I have the, a, I have an idea of the responsibilities I've seen producers carry out on very very small films, but like in the grand scheme of things, are you meeting in a conference room? I think I think there's a lot of recruitment of like mm-hmm. getting certain people involved, mm-hmm. uh, making connections, getting funding, and then on set like just keeping an eye on things and then you're like the studio liaison i think that's largely what it is do producers have like creative vision i'm sure they do Uh, that's something my producing teacher was like ultimately it's like the producer who's in charge of the movie because the director even answers to the producer which to some extent is true Mm -hmm. to a large extent is true because it is the producer who's like representing the money especially if it's a movie like yeah especially if, if it's a movie that's like i don't know it's being made not because of the director it's being made because it's like a franchise or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I could see the producer having so producers, more. like I think Kevin Feige is like pretty pretty much in charge of all mm-hmm. Marvel movies, which is why they all end up looking kind of the same. That makes sense, and that also, from what I just read, uh, very shortly, is probably why there's some like X Men films that look similar too, mm-hmm. because if he was, yeah, and yeah. there, yeah, there are some celebrity producers who definitely have like more creative voice for sure it depends on how much that ends up being expressed like visually though. i just yeah i don't know I it like, depends i like collaboration so much yeah how like it does collaboration happen or do you think the hierarchy collaboration demands? absolutely happens i think the best movies come out of mutual respect from all parties mm. who know what their job is and know when it overlaps with other people's because also frequently the line between director of photography and director is sort of Skewed. A lot of directors think that their chief sole job is to work with actors to get good performances. Okay. Other directors are much more like visually color. Wes Anderson. Minded. Yeah. I, I would say Wes Anderson is like a super visually minded director. And he doesn't care about the actors. And he's also like really particular about the way. I think he does care about the actors. Well, I, I don't think. But how, he doesn't necessarily let them. He's going di- off vibes. He's not going off of like what they're saying. He he has a very singular vision, yeah. I think. But I think that there are also a lot of actors who appreciate that. Yeah. So it really is. I like his movies. I just I, think it's very. They're very different. They're different from anything else yeah. I've seen, really. But. Except Pushing Daisies. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. But, yeah, Ridley Scott is very, like, visual and high concept and, like, mm-hmm. lots of neon, you know? It, mm-hmm. So there's definitely, like, a distinctive visual look, but then also cinematographers also have it? a distinctive visual look. So it's it's collaboration. Is it because it is. they choose? Because do, do directors choose their projects? It, or are they assigned them? <laughs> uh, it depends. Do they make Do they make it up? Directors still get okay. Well, there's also so who, writer directors. Oh my gosh, it's it is complicated, Tegan. Uh, <laughs> okay, you're so fine. Science. <laughs> yeah, you have a PI, right? Your principal investigator. Sure. And then everyone else just kind of goes in a structure of who contributed the most. I feel like it's fairly like. Oh yeah, fairly set. Yeah. So in Hollywood. <laughs> This just seems so much. I think it's, it's normally more a director. A, a director is fighting to get any job that they can mm. for a little while, or like a lot of the reason why they'll make their first movie is so that they. That, that's an old adage. You make your first movie to get more movies. You make Got a it. movie to get more movies, um, and so frequently the first movie you make will be like pretty distinctive because you're trying mm. to prove yourself, and then you'll get offers mm-hmm. from 
different production companies if they're interested in working with you. And you might get scripts um, or you'll write your own Mm -hmm. and you'll try to get funding. It really depends. Gotcha. Uh, There's like different processes for how to get a movie made as a director. Mm -hmm. And then there are directors who like all they want to do is direct TV and then like you'll be sought out for that. Um, Are there famous like directors for TV? Within the television community, I'm sure. And there are famous like directors for commercials? Yeah, there are. That's so interesting. There are a lot of commercial directors. Like Ridley Scott started directing commercials. Yo, I want to watch Ridley Scott's commercials. I know. I mean, he also he was a production like an art director for a long time. I thought you were gonna say he was less depressed. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Ridley Scott's actually had a really interesting career because I think he started like a commercial directing business with his brother Mm -hmm. or maybe it was like their father's business Mm -hmm. and he mostly did art stuff for a while so Mm -hmm. he has like exceptional storyboards he's a very good artist and then he like transitioned more into like narrative stuff the designs for for alien yeah they're gorgeous most of them were from him Mm -hmm. right yeah Mm -hmm. i've seen i've seen those like the concept art before yeah because they look a <laughs> nice. So, I mean, every director is different in, like, the route that they take and the approach that they take. A lot of directors, they'll go to film school, they'll make some short films, they'll get, they'll submit them to festivals, and then they'll get intention, like, attention, and then a producer might meet up with them in order to mm-hmm. get something new made. Uh, or you will do direct, you'll do commercials for a little while, and then you'll make, make your money. own, make money, and then you'll make your own thing, and then kind of transition into mm-hmm. narrative that way, or you start as an actor, and then you're well-known, and then you direct things, so, like, it really depends. Do you want to be a director? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> Just curious. I don't know. I think I would only want to direct stuff that I made. Mm. I don't, like, that I wrote. I think I'm more a writer than I am a director. But even that is like, what have you written, Becca? <laughs> but I'm, I'm rolling my eyes. Uh, thank you. You've written quite a bit. Thank Becca. you. You've written more. You probably have written more than I have, like page count wise. Maybe. I don't know. I just well, hear I hear about I write... all these people I'm around who are like I'm I'm on like page six hundred of this epic fantasy I'm writing, and I'm like what? And then I feel lesser than, and then I think about most of these people probably don't write very good books. And they're probably, I think a big thing that was touched on, not to quote Brandon Sanderson, is just the idea of like, yeah, you can write, but if you're not willing to accept criticism and bring it forward to people, you didn't, you didn't write. Right. Like, it doesn't exist. So people are like, oh, I've written a 600 page fantasy novel. If you're like, oh, can I read it? And they're like, well, no, I want it to be perfect. It's like, okay, then you're not made to be a writer. Period. If you're not like willing to like to yeah, if you're not getting open, yeah, you're right. It's not. I've written a lot, but all the stuff I've written is like, Turgite too has exceptional prunosity, comma, (laughs) hindwing with its Turgite too. So Turgite. Turgites are numbered. I love Turgite. I love Turgite. There's one of the flies I look at a lot that just comes up a lot. It has these really long hairs on Turgite, too, that come underneath its little belly. It's Mm -hmm. really cute. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So I've written a lot of... I've written some. Anyway, (laughs) we've talked a lot already about so many things. And by so many things, I mean producers. You looked at me and your eyes sparkled. So many things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm made to be like a children's show. Oh, my gosh. I'm moving so much. I'm made to be a children's show host. 
what? Oh, man, that pivot would be hysterical. <laughs> and then there'll be all these think pieces about, like, does being an orphan make you more relatable to children? I don't know. <laughs> the answer is no. Oh. <laughs> I think. <laughs> you're like, you're like, it was a rhetorical question, <laughs> Becca. <laughs> don't think. <laughs> period. That, yeah, don't think, period. <laughs> Um, I do treat children like people, though, mm-hmm. so they tend to like me. That is also true. Today, they're one of the like other bio graduate students. His daughter or his son was with him, mm-hmm. and the son was like bouncing around. I said, "Oh, I really like your boots," and he got all shy. And Dad was like, "Oh, say thank you, say thank you." He's like, "Oh, or if you're feeling shy, you don't need to talk, right?" And I said, "Yeah, don't worry." And then I like, you know, we did something else, and then. The boy was getting, like, a little, like, fidgety. And I said, hey, if you want, you and Dad can go into the lab, which is over there, and I have some tarantulas and some cockroaches if you want to say hi. And he was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. But then I could tell he was, like, being, like, really hesitant. And I was like, I trust your dad. Do you want to go with just him? And he was like, mm-hmm. And the dad was like, we don't want to be rude. We don't want to be rude. And I was like, no, nope, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. I trust you. And also, I think it might be nice to see how smart Dad is, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was just one of those things where I was like, I'm not doing this for glory. Like, I legitimately just want your son to have, like, a good day. Right. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Um, anyway, getting back to credits. No. Please. Just kidding. Getting Please, back I beg credits. you. I'm begging. I'm on my knees. On my knees and I'm begging. End credits also became a standard when the film industry started adopting the digital format. In the past, when films were shot on celluloid, it was relatively expensive to include credits in a movie. Is that why they look like they're painted? It's because they are. Yo! There are a lot of... That's why Indiana Jones is styled like that, right? Is to be reminiscent of that? Probably. Mm. Um, Yeah, no, it was like a whole job to create credit sequences. It's like being a painter at Trader Joe's. (laughs) Sure. You'll work your way up. <laughs> there's some There's some old director who worked up from being, like, a credits painter to being, like, a pretty famous Well, like, coloration director. used to be a whole job, right? It still is, but, like, completely different. I mean, where they would, like, just hand pr- paint, paint, like, every the single frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how they got color at first. Uh, nowadays, people... It's, like, really interesting the way they do coloring because they shoot... They shoot digitally with, like, so much information that you can basically turn everything any color you want. Like, every color that's in film tends to be, like, made with the computer, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is, like, cool. It's just, like, crazy to me. Um, uh, Yeah, but before, in the past, many filmmakers felt that it wasn't worthwhile to spend extra money on a list of names that moviegoers might not stick around to see. Mm -hmm. In the age of digital filmmaking, the expense has become less of a concern, and... I don't know when this was written, but it said end credits may sometimes reach lengths of more than 10 minutes. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen a movie. That, I, I don't know. 10 minutes is probably, like, standard now. How long was Green Knight? I feel like it was really long. The credits were, and they're kind of slow. I think credits tend to hover around 7 to 10 minutes for, like, a two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 is a long. I think the mm-hmm. longest is, like, 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I, like, tried to look for a solid answer about what the longest credit sequence was, and the closest to, like, a concrete answer I saw was the Lord of the Rings Return of the King extended edition credits, because Mm. they would also include the names of people who joined the official Lord of the Rings fan club in time. (laughs) So it was, like, (laughs) 20-plus minutes. And I was like, well, that's cheating. That's so funny. Like, that doesn't even really 
it, it's not just because of how many people worked on the movie. Can but... I can I have my little brag? Yeah. I am in the credits of the Jenny Nicholson The Vampire Diaries video. I think I might be too. Because I'm also a Patreon supporter. That's so cool, though. We watched it. My mom watched the whole thing. Uh Uh-huh. Which was insane because it's a pretty long... It's like over two hours. We were like 30 minutes in and then we had to pause it because we like ate dinner or something. And she was like, oh my gosh, there's so much left. And I was like, we're barely scratching the surface, Jennifer. (laughs) But then we got to the end and I made everyone watch for my name and then we paused it. And then I took a picture of me with him. That's hilarious. So I know how I would behave if I was ever in a movie. And the answer is poorly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, S is in the credits of a movie called We Love You, Sally Carmichael, which was produced in Utah. I think she told me about this. She tells a lot of people. (laughs) That movie's so bad. There's like a scene where they're eating dinner and they're like eating a roll. And then the next shot, there's no rolls to be seen on any of their plates. And then the next shot, like, all the broccoli's gone. Like That's I, actually, it's a statement about, like, the fragility of life. Yeah. Becca. Yeah, it is. Sorry, I keep on touching your foot. They should... That's... I'm wilting. <laughs> um, I guess this is as good a segue as any to talk about script supervision, which you've asked me before. Script supervision is something Becca told me about, and I lost my little mind. Because I am script supervisor on a short film mm-hmm. this semester, and everybody's like, "What does that mean?" And I'm it like, "Sounds like nothing." <laughs> you're it right. It sounds like your job is to read the script and be like, "Mm-hmm," and you put like a big red check mark on it <laughs> or a big red X. Those are the two. <laughs> <options>. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Mainly, what I do is I look out for continuity. So. Basically, if they're, like, eating food, then making sure that it doesn't look stupid between shots. OCD is your superpower, is what I'm hearing. I described it to the director as I'm very persnickety, but that's (laughs) another way of describing it. And also, yeah, it's not, like, just food sequences. There's also... um, Well, if anyone's, like, like holding something. Holding something, but also just, like, in terms of visual space making sure that from shot to shot it will look normal if somebody's like moving from one spot to another mm-hmm. but the like direction of the shot changes because sometimes mm-hmm. movie space is different from regular space and mm-hmm. you're able to cheat some things is what they call it you like scoot stuff over even like a pretty significant amount and it won't read on the camera oh, that's interesting. so like just determining what will read on the camera. There's been many times where I'm like, how did they fit a camera in that space? Like, because I know it's like an enclosed house or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the answer is just they move stuff and you don't notice, Deegan. That's a huge part of it. That's so interesting. There's so much. That, I want to watch a... a movie, Becca. Let's do it. The length of the credits varies depending on the size of the production team. Nonetheless, even with credits that last 15 minutes or more, filmmakers may still leave out hundreds of names. Uh, Jeez. I, th- I think a huge part of this is how much films nowadays outsource labor to like India in terms of visual effects yeah so like a lot of those names aren't in there and that also lots of the time they don't include the name of extras I feel like animated films are longer usually Mm -hmm. because they're a little bit more well and they're usually like how I was describing the one column two column three column I feel like their three column section takes more time yeah animated movies normally have huge production teams uh, 
but that explains if you ever go to IMDb and like there's like a credit on IMDb, but it's parentheses uncredited. It's just because they're not in the literal movie credits. Oh. But like they did work on the movie and they don't even necessarily have a like a really small part in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's uncredited. Um, well, sometimes people are uncredited to like for like surprise, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of it. And also, um, if it's like a big actor who's appearing in an indie movie, if they are like if they get credited then like they might have to like pay them more and stuff like that so they might appear as a favor and be uncredited that's the only way that i can describe because alfred molina who plays uh doc ock in Mm spider-man he appeared in what i consider to be like a pretty significant scene i would like to see every movie he has done promising young woman he's in a scene (gasps) in promising young woman and i was like there's no reason for him not to be credited other mm-hmm. than that this was, like, relatively low budget and he was doing it mm-hmm. as a favor. But, you know, there could be another reason. I don't know. Because um, it's not like people don't know you were there. Like, it's not like... I know. You know? It's like a five-minute scene. He has a fair amount of dialogue. Mm-hmm. He cries. I don't know. Um, anyway, also... He cries. <laughs> film- the only people who get credits in movies are, are people, people who, who cry. cry on set That'd be at least once no it I'm actually f- like expands like this makes it harder oh your meme gets bigger and bigger the more tears you shed <laughs> um <laughs> what director do you think cries the most director mm-hmm. i don't know who's really soft that's a good question. It's, I don't know. Maybe like Guillermo del Toro. You're right. I could see, <laughs> see like everything being like very emotional. Yeah. Like the stakes have never been higher. They're like filming a scene where a character like walks into a bathroom and he's like, this is so important. You don't understand. Yeah. Uh, but film unions decide who will be listed. <laughs> film unions. The, it all comes back to unions in the film industry, which is kind of true. That actually seems because the whole industry is divided by film, like by uh, union movies, mm-hmm. union shoots, and non-union shoots. I've heard that before. Normally, non-union shoots. I don't know. It depends. They can I both always, be good. They can both be fine. I always assume if something's non-union that it's bad. Yeah, a lot of the time it's just low budget. Oh, gotcha. But sometimes that is also bad, and they treat their people poorly. It, I don't know. Or they treat them well. They just don't have enough money to pay them well. <laughs> right. So, but examples of the unions that, like, decide these things include the Screen Actors Guild, the American Federation of Television and Radio Artist, Artists, the Writers Guild of America, and the Producers Guild of America. Credits. So does every actor have to be a member of that guild? Of the Screen Actors Guild? Uh, most are. No, I'm saying, like... Because you said, are in there, order to be in the opening guilds? credits, um, there's like, I think for one like vocation, there is only one main one, and oh. they are all underneath like the international so, association of. So if you yeah. want like Scarlett Johansson and she's part of one guild, it's not like oh you can only get her, but you can't get. Ben Affleck because a he's number part no of they're a all part guild. of the Screen Actors Guild yeah so it, oh, it literally was that SGA. S-A-G, SAG. SAG! I've heard that before, probably Mm -hmm. from you. Maybe. Uh, It also is funny because it's a word. These guilds also hold award ceremonies every year, which uh, can determine the fate of the Oscar race. Mm. (laughs) Like all of the critic circles. Also, there's critic circle like award ceremonies. It's a whole thing. It's there's a reason it's award season. It's just not it's not just Oscar night. There's, like, a whole campaign that happens. It's so much more, like, fun and glamorous. Like, that's so exciting. It is. It's also, like, 
political and dumb frequently. Oh, and it's See, all like about least, money, yes. about how, how hard your studio is going to push you. See, I'll write a grant, right? And mm-hmm. it's like a prestigious grant. But like if I get it, it's one line on my CV. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I don't get like a dress Mm-hmm. Or a or a little no, yeah. gold Hollywood man. is fun and glamorous. The glamour is fun, but I can see the politics being more annoying. Because at the very least, you hope for a blind reviewer, <laughs> right? We'll see. <laughs> uh, sometimes, okay, yeah. So apparently, it's the guilds who determine the opening credits, and then the production company uh, makes decisions on the end credits. Normally, in support of the unions. I don't know. I bet there's a lot of. A lot of mumbo jumbo that goes on. I'm sure on. there's people sitting across the table with documents yeah, in probably. Manila envelopes. I think just most businesses in the world, most anything in the world, is just documents, paper. Um, <laughs> save the trees. New 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 punk new version of punk just dropped. Anti paper. <laughs> Everything is paper. Yo, have you ever thought about how like all business is inherently just paper? <laughs> I feel like we went over this in the signatures episode. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, so what is uh, what is film credits but a digital signature? I'm I'm not crying. I promise my eye just took a lot. You just cried over this incredible thought you just had. What are film credits? I mean, what are film credits but a film? Wait, what did you say? <laughs> a paper signature? A digital signature. Digital signature. <laughs> I guess that's true, but they tend to also be physical. Well, credits, film credits. Well, they could be physical if they transfer them to film, <laughs> which is frequent, which frequently happens. I think it's silly normally when they transfer digital media to film, but like it's like vinyl. It feels like vinyl. Yeah, it's like kind of counter. Oh, is it different? It's not necessary is anymore. The graininess really changing it. I do think vinyl sounds a little different, but here's the thing. I don't care about any song enough. Yeah, For yeah. that to be... And I care about songs. See, with film, it's a little bit different. It's one thing if it was originally shot on film, mm. because that does affect, like, the texture and the grain of the movie, and it does look different. Could you shoot something on film and then move it to digital? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's how they edit stuff now, that's shot on film. They're not splicing in the back? Yeah, yeah. They normally edit film digitally, and then I guess transmit it, copy it back? It's like a whole process, Tegan. That is mm-hmm. a little bit over my head. I've, like... I took an editing class, and he was, like, describing it to us a little bit. Um, not in depth, because that wasn't really the point of the class. But mm-hmm. he, but I was just like, you, you Tell know. Tell everyone what you are. I'm AVID certified. Yeah. Hire me. Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is kind of a pointless uh, paragraph. In movies and television, the title and opening credits may be preceded by a cold open. That helps to set the stage for the episode or film. Well, that's, I mean, that's good. So, it's like, so it doesn't matter if it's not the first thing you see. It just yeah. has to be in the first bit. Yeah, and it can be, like, really meaningful when the credits appear. I just watched a three-hour Japanese movie called Drive My Car, mm-hmm. which critics are obsessed with. It's a very good movie. That but, title sounds like it would be more interesting in Japanese. I mean, you know what I mean? Drive My Car. Oh, oh, as in, Drive like... Drive my car. Literally, like, yeah. It feels, I, I suppose you're right. I like how... I feel like it's pretty evocative. It's a little mo- melancholy. Oh, just okay. drive my car. But I've also seen the movie. Mm. But I feel like... Anyway, doesn't matter. Good movie. I recommend it. Okay, so the credits. Um, or the title. Is it still called there's credits? A full, there's the first... Uh, opening credits. Yeah. Movie, movie plays. It's like the 40-minute mark where the opening credits happen. Normally, it's like five to ten minutes. I'm assuming that's where a change happens for the main character. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, Green Knight, I, the credit sequence was extremely, like, I feel like it almost, like, reset my brain mm-hmm. to make me ready for what I was about to have to go through. I liked it, but what I had to go through. I think you remember that movie a lot better than I do. Green Knight is very important to me. It's it's on my, like, top list, 100%. Wow. I really liked it. I just don't remember it super well. I feel like I went through a journey. Like, it's, you know, people are like, oh, I like... Lord of the Rings because it's like an adventure or whatever. Mm-hmm. That movie actually felt like an adventure to me. Like at the end, I was like, I feel like I was there. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, good movie. Are there? Anyway. What are other movies with weird credits? I mean, there's the iconic Marvel credits uh, that has changed oh, over yes. the different phases, where it's like the it's like a scroll basically of like all these different things, uh, all these of... different movies coming together and then into the big Marvel logo. And isn't that's it, how you know. Isn't it Cusco? No, I'm thinking of um the Lion King. Two and a half. Th- two and a half. One and a half. Whatever the half one. I think it's one and a half. Where they're like, it's like mystery science theater at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then like the credits drop or like the the opening credits drop, and they're like. I don't know. I feel like that was an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've never thought yeah, about opening credits, credits can as, be pretty interesting, like but, meaningful. But it is pretty like notable when they drop. It's mm-hmm. it, it's interesting. Were you confused when the credits dropped forty minutes in? I was like, oh, weird that this hasn't already happened. Did you have a moment of like, how have I not noticed this hasn't happened yet? A little bit, uh-huh. but then like by the end of the movie, it's like, oh yeah, it's it's important. Gotcha. It's very much first act. First act, credit, and then... And then the rest of the movie is, like, totally different. I would 100%, like, pause it and be like, how long have I been watching this? It's either been minutes or days. (laughs) That's how it feels. That's literally how that whole movie feels. It's either been minutes or days. Terrifying. Yeah. Liminal. A word I learned. Um, I'll edit this episode and decide which of my pretentious film thoughts are important. Deal. I think that might be best. Um, and you can get rid of most most of me. No. <laughs> if you drop this episode, it was like my mic was just turned off. And it's just you being like. <laughs> it's like that. I think it was blank check. No, it was it was worst idea in the world, right? Oh, worst idea of all time. Yeah. Yes, where it is just guy. And he's like, <laughs> good idea. I can't do it all. Because I lost audio accent. from one of them. Good idea. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. They also um, did one episode where they're recording into a phone while going for a walk around a lake because I think once you watch a movie like 40 times, you lose all pretense. We, like recording on like a beach. <laughs> seagulls in the background. It's so funny. Just obviously fake seagulls that we inserted. <laughs> and like, ice cream man. <laughs> it's us. I'm a lady. <laughs> Oh, my son! I'm a little boy. Junior, stop drowning, please! (laughs) We are masters. Are you, Junior? We are masters of the audio scape. See, this is why sometimes I miss perfect podcasts because we never had the opportunity to do, like, a narrative. Like, one of those spooky ones or something where you're like, and then the girl opened the door and I'm like, creak! Um, anyway... Here are some lesser-known jobs. I mean, just tell me if you know what they are. Mm-hmm. Boom operator. Yes. Okay. Because of because of the joke where it like hits someone someone's head. Oh, in, in the Bolt? Incredibles. Oh. Or in Bolt. 
You know how Incredibles is all like the goofs? Mm-hmm. Pixar does this a lot. Oh, like, oh yeah, the goofs and yeah, yeah. They yeah, pretend yeah. like it was being filmed, and mm-hmm. there's like a guy with a boom who's like, I don't know, like in Toys R Us. Yeah, Toys yeah. yeah. R- wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Toy Story. Toy oh yeah, he's like, is this thing on? Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. That's uh, why I know what booms are. I. Uh, oh, and uh, the guy Pam has like a thing with. Oh, uh, the operator. bean guy in the office. Mm-hmm. It's fair. I just think it's funny that the website I, like, got this list of lesser-known jobs from said about Boom Operator. No, this job has nothing to do with explosives or pyrotechnics. <laughs> the Boom Operator. I feel like that's a pretty well-known one. It is. More people know about Booms than know about Kevin, whatever his name is. Feige? I disagree. <laughs> whole. I'm going to make a poll and you cannot stop me. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't disagree. Maybe you're right. You're probably right. You're probably right, Tegan. I feel like I'm smiling like a hyena. I feel like I'm one of those husbands who's like, the wife's always right. (laughs) But it's me. But it's you. Which is funny because I feel like I'm one of those husbands who's like, the wife's always right, but it's you. Okay, I want to hear all the other ones. Uh, Gaffer. Gaffer is the tape. Gaff tape? Yeah, they have lots of tape. do Do they put where people need to be? No. No. Good tr- good shot, though. I don't Good know. guess. I don't know what to guess. They manage is. the electrical department. Oh, they're the wires. Yeah, they run cables and hang lights, which is what the tape is for, is for mm. keeping the cables down on the ground so nobody trips. I was going to say cable management, but I thought that sounded stupid. You would have been right. It does had, sound stupid, though. I was a ballerina <laughs> for a long time. Like, legitimately kind of a weird amount of time I was a ballerina. But we had, uh, there were gaffers through, like, the the ballet company that we went through mm-hmm. because they, have, they had to set everything up beforehand and like oh yeah that makes sense Ga- people, there's gaffers in uh, like tech on in theaters and stuff too well it's it's hard because if you have people on a stage and as a performance and one of your wires comes up as did for me mm-hmm. and you like eat it it's nice because you the child don't get in trouble it's the grown man who didn't tape it well enough <laughs> yeah that's true uh, when I was in sixth grade, I played the White Rabbit in a production of Alice in Wonderland. Can I say and something? I, yes, please. You are the White Rabbit. You didn't play the White Rabbit. I, you said White Rabbit, and I was like... Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. That's Becca's I'm role. I'm late for a very important <laughs> You day. are the White Rabbit. He's just very anxious. He's anxious, and he's also sort of like... Like, done with everyone. Like, it, he's not anxious, like, oh, no, I'm, oh, what do I do? He's like, I have places to be, and I am not interested in this nonsense. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird looking back on, because I think I got the role because I was seen as very responsible. <laughs> but I, like, never rehearsed my lines. I was such a bad, I was such a bad kid, and I should feel shamed for it <laughs> now. No! And regret. Anyway, I mean, ultimately, it turned out fine. <laughs> it was a sixth grade rendition of Alice in Wonderland. You know, I, it wasn't I, the end of the world. I and was always the comedic. I always, I would always get the role of the person who had, like, there was no plot to you. Yeah. But you were, like, the comedic character who was kind of off to the side and who had a ridiculous amount of costume changes. At, like, like, oh, four nice. separate times. You were in the times. company? What do you the mean? company of the. Oh, we didn't do Alice in Wonderland. No. What? That's just what it's called in, in theater? No, I, I would have speaking roles. Yeah. But they would just be, like, I yeah. would be, like, the aunt who was there for, oh. in every scene, yeah, for yeah, comedic yeah. relief. I played I played one of the aunts in Huckleberry Finn. That's fun. So I had old lady makeup, which, that was a fun one. <laughs> and then I played Augustine Gloop. Oh, good. <laughs> in, yes. in 
uh, Willy Wonka. I was also gender bent a lot because it turns out a lot of the comedic characters are men. Yeah. Augustine Gloop was funny because they taped a ho-ho to the microphone because there's the scene in the movie where he eats the microphone, so I had to eat the microphone. <laughs> um, I like how they taped a, They weren't like, pretend. They were like, eat this ho-ho. <laughs> yeah, literally. We know you're a dumb child. Can you eat the ho-ho? And you're like, oh. <laughs> I don't even like ho-hos. Yo. But I did it for the art. What I was getting back to, though, was I was the white rabbit when I was in sixth grade. Second build, I may add. Wow. Uh, above the line? Above the line. I don't know if that's how it works. Hashtag terminology. I don't in know. In theater. So I wore bunny slippers. That was part of my costume. It was my idea. I thought it was so funny. That is To that be is a bunny who wears bunny slippers, but they were way too big for me because they were adult <laughs> bunny slippers. And there was uh, the first, the opening night, um, I was like dancing and one of them flew off and <laughs> not into the crowd, just like onto <sighs> the side of the stage and, every, and it got some laughs. And I was like, wow. So then I did it again the second night. Were there only two nights? Yeah. <laughs> there were only two nights. Um, but I feel like that's my first experience with, like, getting positive feedback for, like, a, like a, in a role. I don't know. And then, like, adding it to my routine. Yeah. Yeah. We should be stand-up comedians. There's a stand-up comedy club at BYU. I don't want to do stand-up comedy at BYU. No. That actually sounds like hell. If I can't curse in my comedy, I think that would make it not funny. We can't curse in this. I guess we can. We could. I'm just kidding. I won't. I'm scared that God will come in. (laughs) And strike you? Mm Mm-hmm. From Uh, the record. (laughs) (laughs) That's a funny way of putting it. Just like all those extras. Uncredited. I had a friend in high school. Well, and in middle school. And in elementary school. We were friends for a long time. I don't... We might still be friends. I'm not sure. She was an extra in Law and Order Special Victims Unit in the episode where they go to, what's it called? Jonestown? Sure. And she drinks the Kool-Aid. Like, there's, like, a close-up of her, like, a little, like, blonde girl, like, drinking the little cup of Kool-Aid. And then she, like, that's goes limp. Because cool. uh, she's dead. <laughs> that's cool. It's horrible. <laughs> Richard, he's been in, like, a couple of things as an extra now, which is pretty cool. But he had a friend in college who got, like, a job in a national IHOP ad Good. drinking hot cocoa. <gasps> and, like, <laughs> as, and, I don't know, the whole family, every time, like, cable TV was on, we would, like, point at her and be like, look at her, look at her, look at her. And Richard was like, uh-huh. And we were just, like, so hyped for this woman <laughs> who we had never met. I thought the, the joke was going to be that you started mailing her hot cocoa packets or something. That's... Your joke always ends with mailing something. Mailing somebody <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, it does. Name one other You're, time. You say it a lot. Name one other joke. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I don't, like, <laughs> um, grip. I thought grip was boom. No. Thought they were the same. Grips are sort of like worker bees. They do lots of different things, like moving set pieces, scenery, and pushing cameras on dollies for follow-up shots. What if it was like, grips are sort of like worker bees. They collect pollen they or whatever. They are non-reproductive females. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any any woman in eggs. Hollywood is a non-reproductive female. Because they're old? Because they work too much. <laughs> There's not enough time to have children. <laughs> Uh, the grip's main job is lighting. They set up filters in front of the lights and position sunblocks to keep natural light from ruining a scene. So they are underneath the gaffer. Grip sounds like a slur. You think? Mm-hmm. Fair. Uh, key grip is just the head of the grips. 
I feel like key. I feel like the key grip would let the power get to their head like exquisitely fast. Yeah. Like Kenneth. It happens. In um in Thirty Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like the referenciest episode ever. Yes. But, sure. Yes. Like <laughs> Kenneth in Thirty Rock. Uh, the best boy. Why? Whoa. Becca, Becca, there's a role called Best Boy. Yeah. What if it's on like every movie? What if it's a girl or a that actually happened? That happened on a short film I worked on last semester. Uh The only girl in the grip department or in the electric department was the Best Boy, and I don't know what she's gonna get credited as. What does Best Boy mean? Uh, It means (laughs) there are two types of Best Boys: electrical and grip. Best Boy electric is the gaffer's assistant. Best Boy grip assists the key grip. So you're just, like, assistant. Yeah, but Why you're the just... best boy. Or girl. That's so funny. But I'm pretty sure even or if them. it's a girl, they... Or them. I'm pretty sure you're always credited as best boy. Best boy. I, I bet you can choose, oh, but, I like... I want to be the best boy, It's Becca. so funny to me. I love it. Becca, you should learn electrical engineering so you can be the best boy. I mean, I could probably just, like, start working as a grip and then work my way up. This? I don't want to. I've worked as a grip before. I didn't no. love it. I just held what we call a bounce. <laughs> oh, I know what those are because my cousin is a is photographer. A photographer. Yeah, yes. which it just, like, reflects the light in a certain way. I, I understand what you're saying. I know. I'm, like, trying to explain it to, like, our audience, an though. O- like an o- just look opaque. up what a bounce is in film context, I guess. It's, like, look big it up. and white. <laughs> Why are but you listening to us? Google this. <laughs> Google any of these things. Um, and I was just, yeah, I just held the bounce for, like, ten minutes, and uh, my arms got really tired. Oh, and I was stepping in a stream. Movie magic. That sounds horrible. It was fine. I had waterproof shoes, but, like, it wasn't glamorous. No. Not like a set dresser, which is what I also have done. Set dresser is the person who... Wait, was this not... This is actually on the list. Oh, set dresser. I feel like that's pretty, like, set dresser, right? You're dressing the set. Uh Uh-huh. Like, you're the one who puts, like, who chooses the pillows. You you move the pillows. Wait, so somebody else choose? chooses the pillows generally. Yeah, the production designer. I always assume the set or the dresser. set designer will actually choose oh. the aesthetic of the things, and the set dresser is just in charge of carrying it out. Mm. Um, since I was on like a tiny, tiny, tiny set, I got to choose some things, but because mm-hmm. I was key set dresser, the best boy set dresser. Mm-hmm. The best boy dresser. <laughs> just a dresser. <laughs> And then there's a dolly grip. A dolly grip <laughs> operates the movie camera dolly. If you've ever wondered how cameras seem to follow actors so surreptitiously and so fluidly <laughs> in some scenes, it's because the camera is mounted on a dolly, uh, which is not handheld, and it's pushed along a track like a little one-car train. And That's so dolly grips just... what all the TikTok people are trying to emulate with the... There's a zoom filter um, where they it zooms in and people move their phone away from their face as it zooms in and it's replicating something and... Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called. Oh, it's called a dolly zoom. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I know the word dolly. Well, and also I feel like every single behind the scenes look involves something where they're like, this was a really long sequence. So they have like, it's like a camera on like a little pedestal and there's mm-hmm. a guy just like pushing it. Mm-hmm. And he's like running and the ca- the actors are just like calmly walking and being yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. There's so much stuff like that. And then there's like another dude is like coming around the back and like someone's <laughs> ducking because it's so fun. I love, it is fun. It's cool. I like the behind the scenes scenes where they're just like, like it's like they're dancing. Yeah, all that matters is in front of the camera. Uh, Foley artist. Oh, that's like. 
Yeah, it's just it's just making sound. It's effects. all the there's a ton of them on TikTok who like show what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get pretty. Yeah, it's a cool job. It's called Foley Artist because Jack Foley was one of the first and most famous sound effects guys in the biz, which I did not know. Uh, a greensman is the person responsible for placing plants, flowers, shrubs <gasps> in a scene. I think we might have talked about that on the Twilight episode because for the scene where oh, they're like did. in the mountains surrounded by flowers and he's just sparkling to his heart's content, <laughs> they just like dressed up a golf course. Yeah. And, and like the lead greensman appears in the behind the scenes of the movie. It's also like all the flowers are like very like equally distanced from each other. Mm-hmm. It is the worst meadow I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, true. Uh, the second assistant camera. Is this a trick question? <laughs> no, it's a real job. Uh, there's a lot of seconds. Is it a different camera? So the it, it's, it's a, a guy or like a girl or whatever. Yeah, they. Um, it's a person. Their chief job is actually handling the slate. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's. Well, they sometimes, should change the name. I think sometimes they might be called, like, Clappers or something. I've heard Clapper before. Yeah. Uh, Usually, oh, Clapper, derogatory. And they also load the film in the camera. Oh, gotcha. Um, or, like, the memory card, I suppose. I was going to say, I wonder if they changed the battery packs. Yeah, they do. <laughs> also, I have, like, a little section explaining further the director of photography. Mm-hmm. Uh It's the DP's work to work with the director and get his or her vision captured on camera. They oversee the artistic aspects of the shot, meaning lighting, camera placement. Uh, Good directors are usually also good DPs, but most directors have to rely on others to technically capture their vision. Because directors Mm -hmm. also have their attention, like, in so many different places that it's normally best to have a DP. mm -hmm. But, like... Paul Thomas Anderson has been known to be his own DP. I'm pretty sure David Lowry, the director of Green Knight, might have been his own DP. Mm. Uh, some directors are like that. If I became a director, I would not be because I don't care enough about cameras. <laughs> so uh, there's that. Yeah, we're, we're getting to the end. Um, <gasps> I did. I wasn't trying to obviously check it. I was trying to do it casually. Oh, my goodness. I have so many, I have so many like uh, examples of like funny things that are in movie credits or in post-credit scenes. Yes, please. Uh, very quickly, the first post-credit scene that seems to have been um, like existent was in the 1966 James Bond spoof titled The Silencers. Mm. It parodied the familiar James po- Bond tradition of teasing a future installment, but rather than the simple text card of James Bond will return, The Silencers featured actual footage of uh, the main character lounging on a bed with several scantily clad women with Overlaying text that reads, coming up next, Matt Helm meets Lovely Kravazit in Murderer's Row. So that's just the first example of... Um, post-credit. Yeah, po- like, gotcha. yeah, post-credit. And then in ni- the 1979 Muppet movie had one of the first kind of like meta ones mm-hmm. where it featured Animal telling the audience to go home after the credits finished rolling. I love... And post-credit scenes are also sometimes called post-credit cookies or stingers. Mmm, little... And for a long time, post-credit scenes were practically only in comedies, just making, like, an extra little joke. Mm. The trend of more serious future installment teases after the credits also began in the 80s with Masters of the Universe, where the presumed dead Skeletor rises from underwater to proclaim that he'll be back. (laughs) Except, like, he wasn't back because the movie did poorly. There was was no sequel. (laughs) Skeletor is actually in all of us. That's how he reappeared? Mm -hmm. Uh, In my bones. 
And then in the early 2000s, there were franchises like X-Men and Fast and Furious that kind of found ways to wrap up loose ends through their post-credit scenes, but it really wasn't until the Marvel Cinematic Universe that people grew to expect post-credit scenes. Well, now, I feel like, the, but they're only in Marvel, right? A lot of Disney movies have them, too. Uh-huh. Most Fast and Furious... <laughs> that one's funny, because I guess it's only nine movies, but, like, Fast and Furious movies have them. Mm-hmm. A lot of action movies do. I... Can I tell you something kind of weird? Yeah. I expect post-credit scenes from what I view as, like, commercial films. Yeah. Like, now I almost feel like if you did a post-credit scene as, like, an indie film, it would be viewed as, like, cheap. Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, because you're supposed to just, like, watch the whole movie in its entirety, uninterrupted. Yeah. Um, But... But there's something I kind of like when you finish the credits because you've thought about it. Yeah. And then it's, like, a... I don't know. It's almost like a thesis statement at like the end of a, at the end of like a question and answer. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I think I like it in Disney movies where there's like a little post credits like in Frozen where Marshmallow the monster he finds yeah. the tiara and puts it on because that's like literally just like a cute little. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like a cherry it's, on top, maybe rather it's a than treat. constantly teasing new movies. I so that agree. your movie feels incomplete, basically. Uh, uh, just another thing I want to mention in terms of writer credits sometimes there are multiple writers who work on a film but there's a difference between whether there's an ampersand or and spelled out between the different oh, writers you told me this once uh if there's an ampersand then it designates a writing team mm-hmm. who are like who tend to be credited together according to guild standards um and then if it's like a n d then it's like different writing like entities That's really basically uh, and also just, like, the way credit works with writing is generally really complicated because it's, like, if you change more than 50% of the strict script, then you can call it, like, entirely your own or something. I wonder if there's ever been, like, a text message that's, like, I want and not ampersand. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's funny. Like, if that's ever been, like, a breakup for writers. Yeah, that is... <laughs> that would be a funny way to put it. Funny joke, Tegan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I would like you to always refer to my jokes. Give, can you give it a score? That one was like a seven. <laughs> you don't get your name on this episode. Um, I want an and. <laughs> Snap. Wait, was Tegan and... We already have an and. We have an and. Should we, we change it to an ampersand? Want it to be an ampersand? Are we a writing duo? Is, is improv We are writing? co-authors of this podcast. We're co-authors of this podcast. I feel bad about having Tegan first, but I feel like it flows better. Than Becca and Tegan. I think I agree. I feel like long, I don't mind short it. makes more sense they, in I general. Mean, I guess you have one more letter, but same amount of symbols. But, like, Tegan is, Becca. like... Tegan, like, Becca. I feel like Tegan's exhausting to say. <laughs> I feel like you're, like, weirdly projecting. <laughs> um, and then I've also mentioned this to you before, but I just think it's so interesting how agents will negotiate having and your mm-hmm. name or with your name in credits. Mm-hmm. And I think like the main trend for whether you get a with or an and is if you're like the biggest star in the film but you have limited screen time because if you're the biggest star period but you're also the star of the movie then you're just going to be top build Mm -hmm. but like if you appear for just a scene or two then you'll be at the end of the credits with an and Hmm. like i think alec baldwin in the mission impossible movies might have an and alec baldwin gotcha yeah so I think that's pretty cool. We should probably start wrapping up. There, I don't know. I would, like, literally look up listicles of, like, funny things that happen in movie credits because I think that they're entertaining. I love movie credits where there's, like, a meta joke or when the credits start rolling 
and you're like, wait, it's not. I feel like that happened in Emperor's New Groove, maybe? Probably. We're like, oh, yeah, the credits start rolling. And he's like, no, I'm not done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one of them Oh, is... no, it's Kronk's New Groove. It's not. Emperor's I like Kronk's New Groove. It's Kronk's a trash movie, but I love it. Kronk, Kronk's New Groove. <laughs> I liked the um, Emperor's New Groove TV show. So that tells you what kind of human I am. I watched that, too. Red Eye Tree Frog Man. I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, so... I will mention a few just because I think they're funny and we can cut me off at any time. But in the Scream credits... Scream? Scream? Scream. I thought you were saying screen credits, credits, but poorly. So apparently the Santa Rosa school board had given director Wes Craven permission to film Scream on their property, but mm-hmm. they backed out at the last minute. So in the credits it says, no thanks whatsoever to the Santa Rosa <gasps> City School District governing board. Yeah. Because normally there are special thanks for uh-huh. the places where you uh, have locations. In the credits of Airplane 2, the sequel, there is an instance where after the best boy is listed, the worst boy credit is given to Adolf Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also in Airplane 2, the sequel, uh, there next to the gaffer, there's parentheses. What is a gaffer? (laughs) Gaffer sounds like someone whose job it is to make like little jokes. (laughs) Just like have a gaff, I suppose. Yeah, like... (laughs) A gaff. I don't know. It sounds to me like it should be like a goose handler. Mm. Gaffer? I don't know why. Well, that's... I've seen... There's been movies where they have things that's like dog handler, Mm -hmm. bird handler, and there like were no dogs or birds in the movie. And you're like, what? I'm like, where? In the credits of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, no raccoon or tree creatures were harmed during the making of this movie in the credits. However, the same cannot be said for the handlers of the raccoon and tree creatures. (laughs) In Finding Nemo, Mike Wazowski swims past in the last bit. I lost my mind. Yeah, those are some funny ones. I think it's funny. I'm sure, I bet you, like, Ice Age has jokes in it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a very specific kind of movie. That puts jokes in the credits, and I respect. Yeah, them most for of it. these are still like comedies or like pretty lighthearted. Yeah, I, I love I love stuff that happens in the credits. And there's also the trend that we didn't even talk about of creating like little sequences where everybody's having like a dance party at the end during the sequence to get people to stay. I love like in Move oh, On. I love the end dances. They're so good. Or Robots has and one it, has a good one. Oh, Robots has such a good one. It's just it takes it gives me a very anxious person person this moment to be like because sometimes at the end of a movie I'm like this society is still broken they're not going to be happy yeah. right like all their interpersonal things are fixed but intra is not has we have not touched it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then at the end if they're all dancing I'm like it's okay they're doing fine they're doing fine Give you a, gives you a moment to decompress mm-hmm. yeah there were a lot of ploys kind of to get people to stay through the end credits and honestly some people are like annoyed by the end credits trend um I think they're good because it's getting most of the populace to, like, watch the credits, which I think is important because a lot of people work on these movies yeah. and they all deserve credits. That's like, a, that's like a hill that most of my film professors would die on is, like, your film students watch the credits. Fair. <laughs> I think I like watching the credits. And I don't know. I understand if you have, like, things to do, places to get to, but, like, if you're just... If you're really... Bu- if you're really... You're going to the movie and you're like... 
Okay. Movie finishes. We're running out this door because we have a dentist appointment. Yeah. Maybe go to a movie a different time. <laughs> yeah, true. Like, that's but such a weird Probably vibe. watch the credits. I will. I would recommend it. I also think it's fulfilling. It gives you a moment to sit with what you've just watched and formulate an opinion on it. Not that you need an opinion on what you watched. People can also just sit with things mm-hmm. silently. Maybe think about, what, oh, who should you tell about? Like, who, who who in your life would like to see this movie? You don't have to think about, like, oh, how critically was this good? You just be like, oh, that was nice. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, I love movies. This, I, it's always convenient when I'm like, oh, I do love things. Uh-huh. And those things are movies. That was after lecturing today. I was like, oh, I enjoyed that. Oh, good. <laughs> you. Yeah, that, I had a moment of, like, what if this is horrible? Oh, because then you'd have to doubt your entire, like, Career plan. path? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if this was a YouTube video, we would end it with joke credits that say, written by Becca. And then it would be, like, directed by Becca. And then it would be, like, produced by Becca. Like, you know those? Yeah. There you go. It is 4.59. We have this room till 5. Uh-huh. It is now 5. Be funnier! Be... Ah! <laughs> we, we normally have something chaotic to end on. Oh, I tried to make a panini. the operative word here is tried i closed my panini press it was a tuna and cheese panini closed my panini press and then i walked away and then i uh i walked away and i saw bread on the counter and then i realized that i had not put a top on the panini press and i made a sandwich mistake goodbye have a wonderful day now that's a bad sandwich i love you (laughs) bye